haven't, if you haven't seen that movie, it's a great movie, and you need to watch that at some time. And just to to um, think about that, if you know what's happening before then, the uh, he, the guy there is just kind of struggles through his life, wondering if he has purpose, and there's just things that are not going well, and he's just just really just disheartened that that he just. Um, not where he thinks he should be, just really depressed and downhearted and comes to the end there, not to give it away if you haven't seen it, but just the idea of realizing that um, the things that are important in our lives are family and friends and faith, and those are the things that really make a difference. We don't always see the difference that God may be making in our lives. We don't, uh, sometimes we place the importance on the promotion or on the financial statements and the, the things around us, and oftentimes it's hard to see uh, the influence that we have on others. And, and we often feel like we just don't have purpose. We're not making a difference. And so this morning what I want to talk to you about is the gift of Jesus. And the gift of Jesus gives us purpose. Jesus is the, is the one who gives us purpose. If you've got your Bibles, turn to the Gospel of John. It's in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Chapter 10, I'm going to read verses 7 through 10, and we're going to focus on those and, and have a few others to talk about. But um, want to want to look at these, and you may have heard these, this scripture before, hopefully. And this is what I like about the Bible, especially when Jesus is teaching. If you go back and start in verse 1, which I'm not going to read today, but Jesus kind of tells the people there something and realizes that... Um, that they just didn't get it. So starting in verse 7, he kind of just repeats it and breaks it down in a different way, so maybe they'll get it. So verses 7 through 10 really are a recap of verses 1 through 6, but Jesus just says it in a little different way, hoping that they'll, they'll catch on. So verse, uh, verse 7, it says, Therefore Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So I want to talk to you this morning about this life that Jesus gives us and hopefully to... Uh, to help us uh, be reminded of some things if we've forgotten, or maybe you've never heard any of this this morning and it's something new for you that you can grab a hold of. But there's just a couple of things that I want to talk to you about this morning. And one of those is a scripture there in verse 10. Jesus says, I have come that they may have, what's the word? Life, right? I may come that they may have life. And then he says, and have it to the full. So there's two elements to this idea of Jesus talking about giving life to us. And the first one is eternal life. Jesus says, I have come that they may have life. He's talking about eternal life. When he talks about earlier about the sheep and those who hear him and those who come through the, through the gate will be saved. Jesus is talking about eternal life, living with him forever. Now, here's something that if you don't know, I want you to hear this. We matter to God. I don't care what state of life you're in. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. It doesn't matter how bad you think you are or how inadequate you think you are. We matter to God. You may know the scripture in John 3, verse 16. And um, 
you may have memorized it if, if you did, like I did in the King James. And so when I read it, I have to read it out of the straight from the Bible in a different translation because I memorized it from King James. John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have, what's the word? What is it? One more time, louder. Okay. Uh, hey, don't get so excited. It's just eternal life. <laughs> Whoever believes in Him shall have eternal life. We matter to God. We matter so much that He sent Jesus to us, His gift to us, that if we believe in Him, that we would have eternal life. Now, we all know one day you're going you're gonna to expire from this world in this body. But for those of us who believe in Jesus, that life continues on with God in heaven in an eternal state. In God's presence and all the things that we know from the scripture about what it's entailed with heaven. We have eternal life. God loved us so much that he allowed that to happen by us believing in him. The second thing with eternal life is this, is that God wants us to spend eternity with him. Now think about this. If you know anybody important, you know, you may know people, you know, in the in the sports industry, or you may know people in your business industry and people who are important, you think, man, did, you know, to spend a day with them would be awesome. Somebody that high up and that powerful probably wouldn't even give me the time of day. This is God. This is the creator of the universe, the person who just spoke creation into existence. That's pretty powerful. And God wants us to spend eternity with him. He loves us that much that he wants us to do that. Now, there's a scripture over in... First Timothy, if you want to get there, you can. I'm going to read it when I get to it. It's a few books over. First Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. It says, I urge you then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and for all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God our Savior. The last part of this says, who wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. If you've ever wondered, does this whole idea of eternal life apply to you? If you've ever thought, well, I know what the Bible says about God loving people, but you don't know what I've done, you don't know how bad I've been, that probably doesn't include me. That scripture there tells us that it's God's desire that every person come to the truth and knowledge of knowing who Jesus Christ is so that they can spend eternal life with him. That is awesome. I don't know how, how if we really grasp that, but that is awesome that God wants us to spend eternal life with him. I mean, it's not enough that he just says, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep you from, from dying and eternally you can live forever in this wonderful place. I mean, that's pretty good just, just at that, but God didn't stop at that. He said, not only are you going to be able to spend eternity in heaven, but guess what? I'm going to be there with you. I want to be there with you. I mean, that's just an awesome thing to know that God wants that to happen. And this, this gift that he has given us through Jesus makes that possible. There is no eternity with God apart from Jesus. That's just, we don't say it in that way every time we preach, but that is the underlying theme of everything that we do here, that Jesus Christ is the center of everything that happens. There is no eternity with God apart from Jesus Christ. He is the central figure of what it takes to have this eternal life that's mentioned here in John. He is the central 
figure of what it requires to be able to spend that eternal life with God forever through Jesus Christ. It's very important to understand that. And there are no magic words for a person to say, but the Bible just tells us basically this, that when we acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the way, when we acknowledge that we are sinners and that Jesus died on the cross and took our place in death so that we could live forever, we put our trust in Him, we believe in Him, we say we give our lives to Him, we say we let Jesus into our heart. We phrase that in a lot of different ways. But the basic idea is this, is that eternal life only comes through trust in what Jesus Christ has done for us because none of us is good enough to be able to do it for ourselves. And when we make that conscious decision, that changes us over literally from death to life, eternal life and spending eternity with God. And if you've never done that, it's not that difficult. It's usually a matter of pride that may get in our way. And I'll give you an opportunity later on to think about this, but it's just a matter of coming to the point of saying, God, I know that without you I'm lost. That without you I don't have eternal, eternal life. That without you I have an eternity, but it's an eternity away from you in hell. And I want to believe in Jesus and let him guide my life. That's basically it. So as I continue, I want you to be thinking about that right now if you don't have that relationship with Jesus Christ. And then the second thing that I want to talk to you is this. And this is, I think, uh, it's pretty awesome other than having eternal life. There's another thing in there. Um, I, in the last part of the, the verse, it says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full, this translation says. That, that not only can they have eternal life in the hereafter, but Jesus says, I have come that they may have life then, forever, but now it's a good life. It's a life that's full. So right here in this present world that we live in, Jesus says that, that God loved us so much, He wants us to let us spend eternity with Him through Jesus. But while we're living on this earth, He wants it to be awesome. He wants us to live a life that's exciting. He wants us to live a life that's full. Not just a, um, not just a ho-hum, kind of I'm getting by kind of life. Not just a life that says, well, this life will do. I'm sort of satisfied. It's kind of okay. A life that is running over, full. It's translated abundant in, in some, some of the scriptures. It's translated as, um, not translated, but the meaning of exceptional or overflowing, uh, abundant, uh, giving more than expected. In the New Living Translation, it, it says this, a rich and satisfying life. Rich and satisfying not, oh gosh, another day. I'm a believer in Jesus. I got one more day. God never intended for our lives to be boring. Now, it doesn't mean that things are always going to go our way and that there aren't going to be hardships. And, but even in the midst of those hardships and even in the midst of things that don't go our way, when we can come to realize that this is an exciting life that God has given us so that we can let other people know. Um, I wished we could bottle up what the kids had on this stage just a little bit ago. Wasn't that awesome? Man, I've forgotten what it is to get excited like that. When I see them just jumping around and spinning around and singing, and they don't care if they sing at the right time. They don't care if they say the right words. They don't care if they're singing a different song. It don't matter if the dance moves don't match the beat of the music. They get excited, and they just let it fly, don't they? Man, we've got a lot to learn from them. I think that's probably why Jesus says, gives the analogy of children, if we would just come to him as one of these little kids. You know, get rid of all of our grown-up stuff that's so complicated and sophisticated and that we can figure out. Just let all that go and just come to Him as a child, knowing that, God, just whatever you have for my life and be able to be excited about that. So it's, it's, a, 
It's a life that is rich. It's a life that is full. Jesus wants to give us a life that blows our mind. Now, if you could stand up right now and just testify, do you feel like, you don't have to do this, but just inside, answer this quietly to yourself. No, you can scream out if you want to. I mean, if somebody asks you, hey, man, are you living, has God given you a life that when you think about it, it just blows your mind? I mean, I don't see a lot of people walking around saying, oh, man, God's just blowing my mind. You know, we don't want to do that. But he says that, He not only gives us eternal life, but He gives us abundant life. It should be just kind of gushing out, overflowing. We should be excited and we should be happy. Not in a fake kind of way. You know, not, oh yeah, praise Jesus, everything's fine. You know, not not the way that we Christians do sometimes. And again, not that we're not going to have hardships and not that you don't go through times that are not so exciting. I've had those times in my life and I'm sure I'll continue to have those. But overall, the life that we live, God wants it to be abundant. He wants it to be full. And I think that's uh, something that we often miss out on when we don't really realize that that, uh, being a follower of Christ is not boring. It's not a list of restricted things that we can now no longer do now that we believe in Jesus. It's, It's being freed up to be able to do anything that we do in Christ, and let that make a difference in our lives, and let Him make a difference in our life. So, it's important to know not only eternal life, but abundant life here on this earth. And that abundant life is realized through, as I said before, only the person of Jesus Christ. Just listen to uh, John 1, 14. The Word, speaking of Jesus, the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father. Read these next few words with me. Full of what? And truth. Not just a little bit of grace and truth. Not just a trace of grace and truth. Not just a little bit every now and then when everything's lined up perfectly of grace and truth. It says that Jesus Christ was full, same concept, abundant, running over. Full of grace and truth. And so abundant life that we're talking about is not obtained through accumulation of things. Abundant life is not about gathering stuff. It's not about accumulation. It's realized only in the person of Jesus Christ. And we can have that life to the full because we live it out through the one who is full of grace and truth. It doesn't come from an outside source. It doesn't come from things that we can purchase. It doesn't come that friends that we can have alone. It doesn't come by the things that we often try to fill that with to have an abundant, full life. It comes through the person of Jesus Christ. That's what gives us purpose, and that's when we can make a difference as we give our life to Him. I've got a video clip here of a guy named Roland Bergeron who is with Water of Life. Listen to his story as he talks about discovering what it means to have an abundant, full life. In 1999, my son actually um, started uh, getting involved in a church and uh, ultimately became a Christian and started um, talking to his mother and myself about uh, Jesus. I saw the change in his life and about that same time, both my wife and I 
uh, felt like almost everybody feels there's something missing in your life. I mean, we're all born with that hole, and the only thing that'll fill it is God. I was 50 years old and, uh, at the time. So making up for lost time, I got pretty involved in church. Um, in 2001, uh, a man named Fenton Moorhead came to our church and talked about missions. He had been involved in starting uh, a water ministry in Houston called Living Water International. And he talked about missions and he talked about the water ministry. And after that service, as we were going out to the car, I told my wife, that's something I think I could do. Um, And just got up about my life and went on and and kind of promptly forgot about it. He came back uh, later that year and talked about it again. And the second time, it wasn't a whisper, it was a shout. I just had to felt like I had to do something about missions, and in particular water. Uh, so I went up and introduced myself to Fenton and said, how do we, uh, you know, how, you know, I think I'd like to do that. How do I go about doing that? In 2002, went on the first mission trip down to Honduras and drilled a couple of water wells. I uh, really became hooked on foreign missions, my first uh, mission trip. Uh, just r- had a knack for it, I was comfortable with it. I saw I could help people. and. Um, and decided to uh, to continue doing it on a volunteer basis. You know, I had a successful building company and, and basically had it made. I didn't want for much of anything. I never considered myself a wealthy man, but I really didn't, um, I didn't suffer. I didn't have any needs, drove nice cars, had nice houses, pretty much kind of did whatever I wanted to do. Um, when I first started doing mission work, I was doing it on a part-time basis. I'd go two or three times a year down to Honduras. And even when I started going to Africa, I was still working in the business full-time. And I would take a couple trips a year to, to go work on the water ministry. When I first started doing this, I was like most Americans. I had no idea uh, how much of the world lacked clean water. You can go any place in the United States and you can turn a tap and you can drink the water and it's not going to hurt you. I quickly found out that the that in large part of the world, over, in fact, a, a very large part of the world, people don't have access to clean water. There's over a billion people who don't have access to clean water. Um, Water-borne diseases are the single largest killer of people in the world, uh, and particularly they're the single largest killer of infants. Uh, bad water kills the weak uh, quicker than it does the strong people. So the children between zero and one years old, uh, when they're exposed to, uh, to dirty water, they get sick and they die. So water is one of the basics of life. It's one of the things that you can do to people that will improve their life more than anything else. So when you have a resource like a, a, a water, uh, a well drilling rig, and you can go into a place and people don't have clean water and you can provide them clean water, they're really glad to see you. Uh, over time, uh, our ministry really changed from primarily a water ministry to an evangelism ministry. We still do water, and that's a main feature of what Water of Life does, is drill water wells in West Africa and India. But we are uh, more about uh, growing the kingdom. We see the water ministry as a, as a platform uh, to, to be able to spread the gospel. We have a wonderful God-given uh, tool here, uh, uh, a gift that we can give to people. Uh, I always looked at it as a real shame if we gave them this gift and didn't, have, didn't tell them who provided the gift. Um, 
So we tell them who provides the gift. Sierra Leone and Guinea are primarily Muslim countries, as is Gambia. We also started going to India, which is a Hindu country, and uh, they don't know Jesus at all in those places. And so we're able to go and provide clean water to people and tell them about Jesus. The act of serving other people and the act of doing something for somebody who couldn't possibly do anything in return for me gave me such a feeling of joy that I had never experienced at any other time. Over, over time, that really becomes addictive. I mean, it, it really does. And it's a good addiction because it's what the Bible calls the abundant life. You know, a lot of people want to think the abundant life is having the lake house, having the beach house, going on vacation, or whatever it is we think we want in this world, we think of that as the abundant life. And I can tell you that the abundant life is when you're at peace with Jesus Christ. God has me right where he wants me. He has me serving other people. He has me expanding his kingdom. And you talk about an abundant life. You can't, you can't get a better life than that. You, I, I can't tell you the, the, the feeling of going to a village in Africa and showing the Jesus video and having 200 people raise their hand and accept Jesus Christ. I can't tell you how that makes you feel. What I can tell you is it's the, it's the best you'll ever feel. It is absolutely beats anything you'll ever experience any way, shape, or form. To give people clean water, to drill a water well, and for the first time to see them pump clean water and to, to have clean water and then to have them to know Jesus, it totally changes their life. It totally changes the village. I'm blessed that I get to go back to a lot of the places where we worked and I can see the difference. I can see that <clears throat> that the people are healthier. I have people come up and tell me that the children aren't dying anymore. They're in the car that you can buy. There isn't a house that you can live that can match that as far as, uh, as the feeling. And that is what God made us for. He didn't make us for this world. He made us for his world. Isn't that awesome? I stand back there and somebody come and give me a big bag of gifts. And now, hello, anybody out there? Hey, in case you were wondering, as you were uh, as you were watching that, and they showed a guy going down into the well, and then the next clip was of them covering up the well. They did let him out. They did let him out before they closed that up. I just want you to know that. Um, for the next few minutes. What I want to do is, is, is uh, I like doing some visual stuff, and this may work for you, and maybe it won't, and maybe you've already gotten it. But in case you hadn't, hadn't gotten it, uh, here, here's a little something that I want to try to help uh, do to help us understand this concept, that there is a difference between living a life of abundance and living the abundant life. There's a difference between... Living a life of abundance and living the abundant life. Now, this may not be theologically correct, so just kind of ease up if some of y'all are sitting back there. But, but he, here's, here's something that, that I want to try and explain to you. Let's pretend, just for purposes of today, that, that this, this table top here is our life. And as you heard Roland say, and as I believe I've heard other people say, I know I have and, and talked with people, that 
in our lives, there, there is a place that only Jesus can fill. And people talk about that as far as saying, I feel like there's something empty. I feel like there's something missing. I try to do a lot of things, but I'm still not just really satisfied. I know there's something else there, but I just haven't found it yet. And I believe that that, whatever it is they're looking for, is found in the person of Jesus Christ. And I think what happens a lot of times in our lives is that there is this, this place for Jesus that nothing else can take the place of. There's nothing else that can influence this or feel this other than a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I believe that what happens a lot of times is that we, we know that there's something that, that's missing and we try and feel that in our lives. And so we begin to purchase things and stuff and you're walking in the store and you say, my life is, is pretty good, but if I just had that nice green basket... That would make me happy and that would fill this void that I'm feeling. And so you purchase this nice green plastic basket. And for maybe about 30 minutes until you get out to the car, you felt good about it. But then you realized when you got to the car, it was just a green plastic basket. You still have this need. And so you say, you know what, man, I saw they were advertising at Target. A nice DVD player traveling set for $42. I know that because this box comes from my house. And so you buy that and you think, that's what I needed. I needed that DVD traveling player because that's what everybody needs. Everybody has to have one of those. I was talking to people who purchased one of those and it just made them so happy. So maybe what's missing in my life is that, that, that thing and then it's not. And then you realize there's still something else. And then you see this box and you don't even know what it is, but it's got your name written on it. And you know, when you see your name on it, that is exactly what you've always needed. And if I can just get that, I will be happy and my life will be filled and fulfilled. And that'll be the end of it. But then you realize that after you get that, there are still other things that you think have your name on them. And so if you just had that pair of Adidas shoes, right? I mean, I've been wearing these other ones and Adidas are real popular. If I could, it's not my size, by the way, in case you were wondering. But if I could just get that Adidas Man, that would just, oh, and, and, and if I could just, if I could just, uh, if I could just have a little more, more money in my checkbook, man, if I, if I could, you just don't know, if I could just have a positive balance in my checkbook, life would be awesome. I would be good. Don't need anything else. And then if you get a positive balance, you realize there's something else out there with your name on it that you've just got to have because now you really can't afford to buy it without going in debt. And so you buy it. Not only does your check balance shrink, but you're also not satisfied because there's still a void that hasn't been filled. And, and I think what we do is we, we just, here's some, if I could get this, if, if, if I could get that, and we fill our lives, all of our lives, we just pretty things colorful things and we're hoping that somehow or another that all these things will influence this one thing that's missing and I'll finally be happy and then there is the nice gift box from sports authority not only is the box attractive but it's got a gift card in it and I bet oh man if I could just purchase that rifle for hunting season because all my other hunting buddies in the hunting club have nice rifles and mine's kind of old and don't really take the deer down like theirs does. And I want to be able to say when I shoot my deer that he didn't run. He just dropped. It's because I could get it through this nice 
gift card. And then, ladies, there's all sparkly diamonds and jewelry and all the shiny. Oh, if I could just, my husband would just get me that ring. Look how sparkly and shiny. I'd be so happy. A bag of diamonds. That's what I need. Diamonds are a girl's best friend. If I had those, it would be awesome, and I'd be so happy and content. And then there's this nice little silver box that I saw, and somebody else had one, and I knew that I could have it. And there's this, and there's, and there's this. Oh, this is a big one. There's this. Oh, look. I didn't see that. Nice. I'll put it back, Chris, I promise awesome and i think we we just we fill our lives up with this stuff that's not necessarily bad but we think oh i could i could have a fun life and a full life and i wouldn't i wouldn't walk around sad all the time because you just don't know my situation you don't know roland said he's had those things and he realizes that it don't matter you may be saying listen i've never had those things i've never had all that stuff take it from somebody that i've heard and other people that i've had who do have the opportunity to get all the things they want, it is still never enough. None of these things can influence this spot in our life. It's not possible. You'll never be able to buy anything or get anything or even accumulate friends or, or spouses or my wife's kind of boring, I think I'm going to get rid of her and get a new one. Then I'll be happy. And then you have the new one and you realize that's not cutting it for you. And you say, well, it didn't work that good last time of me getting rid of my wife and getting a new one. I think I'll keep the wife I have, but I'll just grab another one on the side and not tell anybody. And surely that'll make me happy. Fill in the blank with whatever it is that you think somehow makes you happy. I'm feeling bad. I'm going to the mall and I'm going to shop because I'll feel good. But none of these things, no matter what they are, they never influence or take the place of this unless it's influenced negatively. They cannot take the place of this. And what I'm trying to tell you this morning is this. There's a relationship with Jesus Christ that can only be filled by with Him and us trusting in Him. And when that void in our life is filled, it's not just filled with a little bit in the bottom. It's filled in such a way that the Bible says in John 10, 10, I have come that you may have life and that you may have it to the full. Overflowing. Exceedingly. Abundantly. A life that blows your mind. And here's what happens, guys. When we allow the central part of our life to be influenced by what Jesus gives us, This stuff could never influence this. But when we switch that around, this can influence every single thing that's a part of our life. It can't help it. It just overflows. And so now, it doesn't mean that you're, if you were wealthy now that you're poor, but it means now that you see that God never intended for you to have all that wealth just to blow it on yourself. And so it affects everybody you're around. It affects everything that you could purchase. And it just keeps overflowing and overflowing. And this life in Jesus Christ saturates everything that we are a part of. The abundant life is a life that is lived through Jesus Christ Beyond yourself. And this is what I want to challenge you with this morning. 
It may not be water of life. And you may be saying, why don't we always have to show something somebody's doing all the way over in Africa? Aren't there people over here who have needs? Yes, they are. My question to you is, what are you involved in that is allowing the presence of Jesus Christ in your life to overflow in somebody else in a way that you are making an influence on people and in the kingdom of God? What are you involved in beyond yourself? It may not be water of life. But we have information on the table. If you say it may be, you may be able to donate financially. You may be able to go on a mission trip. But if there is nothing that you are doing, if you can look at your life and you can see honestly that everything that God has given you, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, the abundance that he has given you, if it is only staying and overflowing into all this selfish stuff that you have purchased and it's not influencing anybody else anywhere, you have got to change. You will never experience a joyful, happy, full life that God expected us to have if we don't live beyond ourselves and make an impact on the kingdom of God. That's when you'll feel like that you have purpose. That's when you'll feel like that you make a difference. That's when it'll be okay that business isn't going that great, but having Jesus is enough. That's when it'll be okay when you don't get the promotion or you lose your job. And knowing that what you have in Jesus is enough and that you can still impact the lives of other people here and around the world. So I'm going to challenge you in two ways this morning. One, we talked about eternal life and I told you I'd come back to you where you could think about it. Do you have that relationship with Jesus Christ that initiates that eternal life? Have you given your life to him? Have you trusted in him? Have you believed in him? Have you asked him to forgive you and and trusted your life to him? If you haven't done that, this makes no sense at all to you until you begin by filling this cup. And that can only be done through Jesus Christ. If you haven't done that, simple as this, you can just ask Jesus to be a part of your life right now. In just a second, I'm going to give you a chance to pray and I'll help you through that if you need that. The second point is to those of us who are believers. If we have what the Bible says we have, this is the way it should look in our lives. It should be full. It should be running over. It should be running over in such a way that it influences everybody and anything that we're in contact with. Not because of us, but because of who He is. And I want to challenge you especially, as I just said, what are you involved in to where it influences and helps somebody else for Jesus and it doesn't just always benefit you? And don't think, well, money, 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 money. Money is a big part of it, but I'm not talking about just finances. I'm talking about your life. How are you involved in such a way that you're making a difference for the kingdom of God in other people's lives? How are you serving other people? What are the things that you're doing that makes an eternal difference? And if you can't think of anything, it's time for you to start thinking of something because you're just going to have a ho-hum, so-so, boring life. All the money, all the stuff, Anything that you can, you can accumulate is not going to help you experience that abundant life that Jesus talks about. So I want to challenge you, if you don't have anything, pick up a brochure for Water of Life. It may be a place to start. I'm not getting any money for advertising that. Our church is supporting that in our budget this year. I personally support that uh, and with Water of Life. I personally do that. I hope to be able to go on a mission trip with them sometime soon to be able to go over and help drill one of those wells or do something but if you're not doing anything pick up a brochure and just ask God is this a way that I can get involved and if that's not it pray that God will show you something that you can be involved in so that your life doesn't just become 
ho-hum, boring every day, but through His abundance and His abundant life that we are living out in such a way that it makes an impact for the kingdom of God. If we live that way, I don't think we could ever ask again, does my life have a purpose or is this life exciting? When we live that way and trust in Him, God will make that happen for us. I want you to pray with me. If everybody would bow your heads. This is, uh, this is for those of you who maybe have not begun that relationship with Jesus Christ. I will lead you in a prayer. These words are not magical, but I'll just give you an idea. This is what you need to do. If you would just let God know today, God, I know that my relationship with you is not right. I know there's something missing, and maybe you've tried to fill that with everything else that I've talked about. God, today I realize it's only possible through Jesus Christ. And today I confess my sin to you and give you my life. Thank you for hearing me. Change me. For those of you who are already believers and you're thinking today, man, I'm pretty selfish. I'm not really doing a whole lot. I'm pretty much, it's just pretty much about me. It's pretty much about me and my family. It's... You know, I may drop a little money in the offering plate every now and then when it comes around, but other than that, if I really took an honest look at my life, I'm really not doing anything that has any eternal difference in anybody's life. And I challenge you right now in your own words, just spend a second and I'll let it be quiet. Spend a second and ask God to show you what you need to do so that you can fully experience that life that he talks about. God, you know who we are. You know who's here. You know what you've allowed people to hear and how you've moved in their lives this morning. And I pray that you just give us all the courage and the faith to respond. Lord, it blows my mind that you would allow me to escape death, first of all. But not only would you do that, but go even a step farther that you want to spend eternity with me. How can I keep that to myself? Lord, I want life to be abundant and full and exciting and dependent on you. And I think as believers, we would all say we really have that desire. But sometimes we like the faith to do what we know you want us to do. So my prayer today, Lord, is for those people here that you've spoken to, that you don't let them leave today without making a decision about what they're going to do, that, that when they leave today, that they don't forget about it next week, that they follow up with it, and that by the beginning of the year, they are making a difference in other people's lives, and they can understand more what the abundant life is about. For those you are already using here, Lord, that are making a, a difference in people's lives, thank you for that. Thank you that, that they're being obedient to you and they're, they're, that they're experiencing the joy that you talk about and the abundant life that you talk about. Thank you for all those who make a difference. Lord, help us to realize it's not an obligation. It's not something else we just need to to check off on our list. It is a way of life that you desire for us to live so that life can be full. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.